Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, my wonderful listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are all having a phenomenal start, middle, or end of your week, whenever you're choosing to tune in. I'm grateful that you're here for this week's guest, Mr. Ree Perez. So Ree is an extremely good friend of mine and an individual that I hold in extremely high regard as arguably one of the best branding and brand strategy experts on the planet. Uh, he is the brand new author of the extremely polarizingly titled book, Your Brand Should Be Gay, Even If You're Not, The Art and Science of Creating an Authentic Brand, and someone I really admire when it comes to unapologetic self-expression, which is why I really wanted uh, Re on the show. To me, I think a brand goes well beyond something you would focus on for marketing or business or anything like that. A brand is essentially an extension of who you are. A brand is your story, it's, your, it's the way you express yourself, it's what you wear, it's how you show up, it's how you make other people feel. It goes so beneath the external sort of appearance of what we would all consider a brand. A brand is a set of values, it's, it's, it's feelings, it's, it's a combination of all the things that have made you who you are. And so the reason I wanted Re here uh, mostly is because Re is not... <laughs> You know, it's it's funny, like, and I've seen Ree grow over time. I've seen Ree just speak on stages. He's an international speaker. He's an author. He's a CEO. I mean, he's he's been all over the place. And I've seen him in the work setting. But in the last year, I've really seen Ree sort of grow into um, a version of himself that I'm extremely proud to call. I'm just proud to witness. I mean, he's a symbol for authenticity in life and work. In this episode, we talk about Reese's backstory and how that weaves into his work and his quest for self-acceptance, self-love, and how being courageous in your authentic self can inspire others to seek the same, how authenticity can actually heal who you are, how authenticity is a gateway for creating more goodness, more love, more impact, how authenticity is a gift on this planet and how you can unlock your own authenticity, how you can become comfortable in your own skin, how you can love who you are so that other people can receive your love in a way that only you can give. And so this episode goes well beyond marketing and branding. Although if you are an entrepreneur, you're going to get a lot of amazing tidbits out of this. But if you're not an entrepreneur, you are going to love just the aspect of self-love that re embodies through his work, through his creations, and through his new book, which I've read, and it's phenomenal. Uh, we have links to all of Ree's show notes, his social media, everything inside of the um, inside of the show notes. So if anything that Ree has said on this episode has resonated with you, go pick up the book. You will not be disappointed. But before we uh, dive into the episode, I just want to remind you guys, subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already. All that means is that you will receive a brand new episode anytime we release any type of content. I just wanted to thank all of you for the incredibly kind messages and comments and really just 
emails around last week's episode of my solo episode on someone else's podcast. I really appreciated all of that. And and I'm grateful that you guys enjoy that type of content. So we'll probably be releasing more episodes uh, like that, whether they're on Mondays or on Thursdays or any day of the week. So when you subscribe, all that means is you'll get a brand new episode anytime I release it into your phone. So subscribe, leave us a review, especially leave us your feedback. Let me know what you love. And guys, I'm just grateful to have you guys here. I'm grateful to be learning these things alongside you. Every single interview I'm on, uh, really, I learn so much. I learn so much from our guests. And, you know, it just excites me that this gets to be work that we do together. So super excited for y'all to enjoy the brilliance that is Mr. Reed Perez. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to an episode, a special episode of Stay Grounded. I'm actually going to move a few things around before I get started because this this person here, um, I already introed him in all of its amazingness, but means a lot to me. I'm just grateful that we get to sit down and dive deep into everything that you've got coming your way. Welcome, Mr. Perez. How are Gosh, you, brother? So excited to be here, man. So excited to have you, man. I mean, you and I have had so many brilliant, amazing, heartfelt, life-changing conversations, experiences in the last, really in the last year. Yeah. Ever since I moved to Austin. Yeah. And it's been a, just such a gift to to get to know you and be your brother and friend and partner in many ways. So where to start? Uh, I feel like we have to start with the book uh, in some way. Okay. Uh, So (laughs) let's start with the why behind the book. Cause I really want to dive in, you know, and you've been writing a book for a while. And I know that it took some time for this to come out the way it did. Why did you choose to name the book what you did? It's a pretty polarizing name in some ways. And I know it's an expression of something you stand for. So I think let's start there and then let's just let the rabbit hole take its, take its course. Yeah, it sounds good. So it sort of evolved in a, in a particular way. It was like, how can I, if I think about great branding, it's about grabbing people's attention. It's about being polarizing at times. It's about uh, being able to let people know who you are and who you're not. And so in this sort of creative process, I decided to name it, your brand should be gay. Um, At the same time, I also wanted to make sure that that it wasn't exclusive. And so the in parentheses, which adds a little humor into it, even if you're not. (laughs) So your brand should be gay, even if you're not. But the really the the why behind the book, it's, it's it's really about authenticity. And sort of, I chose to name the book this way for two reasons. One, to sort of teach people that when you're authentic as a brand, people are going to love you, people are going to hate you. It doesn't matter. When you are polarizing, when you are piquing people's curiosity to want to know who you are, that's what great branding is about. But the second one is a bit more personal, which is this is sort of, in a way, me being out in a way. And it's not that I was in the closet per se. It's just not something that I overtly communicated because it's just one aspect of several layers of who I am. And so, you know, if you you dig a little little bit deeper, you know, it's, I think for many years of my life, it's always been hiding who I am, Mm. you know, not feeling, always finding myself being different, not feeling safe to be who I am. I, I went to an all boy Jesuit high school. Yeah. And, uh, hard. torn between, uh, sort of wanting to fit in when you're, you know, you're in that high school years and at the same time wanting to be authentic to yourself, but also 
being in, in a place where, in an environment where religion doesn't have the same, has a view of, about who you are, a yeah. judgment of who you are. And so it felt largely unsafe. Yeah. Just for me to be authentically who I am. How did you begin to create the safety in yourself to begin expressing authentically who you are? This actually isn't something in the book, but I don't really share it often, but uh, a story I don't tell a lot. And, and I think it's useful to answer your question. Is, uh, so I found out very early on that um, when my mother was pregnant with me, uh, my dad was stationed overseas in Vietnam. Someone had to spread a rumor that my mom cheated on my dad. And that I was a product of that. And that didn't happen. My mom, so not the type of person to cheat. And so can you imagine, not through my dad's fault, that uh, I questioning whether or not I was his son. And so I was sort of born into an environment where my identity was questioned. Yeah. So I almost had to create a survival mechanism or a, a way of being that, uh, <laughs> didn't expect this, uh, a way of being that uh, was to protect me from one, well, for protect me, or even just to prove that I am who I am. Yeah. And so you layer that on through growing up as a kid. And, and like I mentioned about high school and even in the workforce, it's like, I always had to prove who I am. And so in a way, what was a survival mechanism actually really helped me to progress in many areas of my life because it also mostly taught me that if I'm not going to get love externally from someone, then all I have is to be able to, to first love myself first. It doesn't yeah. matter if someone believes who I am or, or, or not. It's just as long as I know who I am. And I didn't consciously have that language, yeah. <laughs> but that was, I think, the internal journey for me was to to be okay and not not feel unsafe in who I am, but actually recognizing that I'm the most powerful and the most confident when I know who I am. Mm, yeah, there's so much truth, and dude, I just want to first thank you for sharing that. I know that's that's not an easy thing to share or talk through. And, but I know that there's probably a lot of people that, I don't know if they share the same story, but resonate a lot with not being able to really love who they are just because the world around them doesn't recognize them for the beauty that they are. And I think that, you know, high school is a vicious place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's just start there. Middle school is a vicious place. Like, yeah. you know, society's a vicious place. And I think hurt people hurt people. We adopt so many things from the people around us, We had, like from our parents. I mean, I know I adopted my parents' fears. We adopt our best friend's fears. And we try to make that about ourselves. But sometimes it really is a reflection. And I think what's most beautiful about the journey of beginning to love yourself is that when you actually consciously take on the task and the role to heal yourself from within, fill your own cup, and allow yourself to shine, with authenticity, you inadvertently break the chain. Yeah. And it's not the hurt people hurt people anymore. It's loving people, loving others. And it's this beautiful way. It's almost like authenticity and the pursuit of it is that it's healing the world. And I just love that idea. It's almost like we can become modern day superheroes by truly just being who we were born to be. Yeah, I get that. 
I think that's also part of like the underlying message around authenticity, because I think that's really where the, where the real superhuman powers come from is just, we all have, we all have our superhuman powers. And I think sometimes or oftentimes media, whatever we we're witnessing, our friends, our colleagues, our peers, you know, whatever, sometimes, uh, the stimuli that we're exposed to gets in the way of yeah. you knowing <laughs> or recognizing your superhuman powers because let's face it, you know, as human beings, we want to fit in or we want to be accepted. We want to feel like we're part of a tribe and, and those are all important and useful things for surviving. But uh, when, when it's about re- also this duality of recognizing that you're also, you can also thrive and knowing that where to best thrive is to just be exactly who you are and be authentic with who you are. So it, I think, uh, you know, I didn't really put quite put that language in the book, but that's kind of really, I think we're all superhuman being powers. And, and I want more people to recognize that you don't have to be like the next, this person, you don't have to be more than you're, than you're not just be freaking you. You know, it's interesting. So in honor of the late Kobe Bryant, right? yeah. like I've been watching a lot of videos. I mean, I grew up kind of watching him you know, in, in many different ways. And I idolized him in my entire life. And, you know, when everyone would try and compare him to Michael Jordan, he'd always be like, no, I just want to be the next Kobe Bryant. Right. And it's almost that remembrance. And I remember, I think that's what inspires me so much about people who choose to be themselves, right. Who choose, because yeah. even if you think about our, our identities, right. Like when we were born on this planet, we didn't come with fear. We yep. weren't born with beliefs. We weren't born with any identity of who we are. I didn't even know my name was Raj when I came onto this planet, mm. <laughs> right? Like my parents gave me that. Yeah. And then when other people called me Raj, I was like, oh, well, my name is Raj. Right. And then when other people were like, oh, Raj is funny. Then, oh, I guess I'm funny. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's almost like everything I learned about myself was adopted, mm. right? And when you get to that age where you're 13 or in your teens and you're in that environment where it's constantly like, who am I? What am I? How do I fit in? We learned how to be human. And it's almost such a beautiful gift when you return to that authentic truth of who you are and you trust your feelings and you trust that, that, that sense of self, right? Like it's, and that sense of self was felt. Yeah. It's not something that's known. You can logically know yeah. that my name is Ree or, and I'm, I'm, I'm an expert in this, but then there's like a sense of you that's felt yeah. like a value of yours. That's, that. that's like, this is who I am. Yeah. And you don't have to, it's like a cologne that you wear. Yeah. And I think that's something that we're all born with. Like we came onto this earth with that as children. That's why two twins can be completely different personalities. Even if they were born from the same parents, have the same household. Because I think underneath everything, there's a layer of truth that shines into who we are mm. and our essence in our life. You know, it's interesting what prompted up for me in that too, because one of the things that we haven't shared or haven't shared yet with uh, is, this is also a branding book. And it's important that I sort of give a a very important definition around how I refer to brand. Yeah. And you know this, but so for me, brand is, we're not talking about your logo or your colors for your website and, or how you dress and all, those are all important parts to creating a brand. But the way that I define brand it's about creating a desired perception. Okay. So if brand is about creating a desired perception, you don't own your brand. It resides in people's minds. And, and this is 
I think the most important part around this conversation is that in order to create a desired perception, you have to first have that same perception of yourself. Mm, yeah. And so it's about creating a perception, but you don't own that or you're not reflecting on that. Or if you're not dialed in or feeling, as you say, feeling into this is who you are, then we're talking about advertising <laughs> or spin. You know, we're spinning something. We're trying to cloud something that not it, that isn't what it is. It's false advertising, actually. Yeah. So. I think the, I think even more so today, it's like, sure, create a perception of who you are as long as that perception is accurate. It, it's authentic. And you'll know that it's authentic because you can feel into it. It feels right. You know, oftentimes you see certain brands, well, geez, you know, like entrepreneurs or even personality brands, right? They'll have this paint, this perfect image, you know, with the perfect car or the perfect outfits. And it's like, all right, but if you're struggling financially, yeah. that's completely inauthentic. Yeah. Right. And, and it's not that you can't have those aspirational type photos, but when the gap between who, how you want to be perceived and the reality of who you are and even the perception and the feeling of you knowing who you are is so big, then people sniff out that as in inauthenticity. They oh. recognize that as, as inauthentic. What's beautiful about the age we live in now is there's so much truth online. Right, like when when examples of authenticity show up, you start to notice the differences. Yeah. Like you can know, you can see, like, oh, that guy's bullshitting me. Yeah, like you can tell. You could tell immediately, right? Like, and that's what I think is so amazing about the time we live in, that like it's easier for people to see truth because they're starting to see more examples of it. Yeah, and I think that's always been a big problem in previous years, like or in just previous generations. Well, it's hard to distinguish whether and, and something... Like, yeah. I mean, I think about it this way. Like if I was born with all these beliefs about myself, if I was born with all these things that I thought were like borrowed, yeah, like th they are borrowed, but I didn't know that. And if I just realized that, oh, I'm just an angry person or like this, or I'm just this right. or that, right? right. Like, it's really hard for me to distinguish between what's real and what's not even in myself, mm. right? Yeah. And so like, it's beautiful when there's examples and this is what goes back to why I think it's so important, why I think the work you do is so important and the message you stand for is so important. Because when you give people a platform and opportunities to truly shine, you allow others to sniff out the bullshit in themselves. Mm. Right? And now that's so like, you can like, you can differentiate. It's like, okay, maybe that isn't me. Maybe I'm truly not an angry person. Maybe I adopted right. that from my parents. Right. Right? Like maybe I'm not truly a negative person. Maybe that came from the way I was born. Maybe I'm truly not this, but... Maybe I truly am this. Yeah. Right? The contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The duality, like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful place to play. To be honest, when you play in that space, from a business perspective, or even just from a personal life perspective, when you play in that space, I assert that you're able to move through the joy of life more easily and everything flows. And there's no dissonance of like trying to be something that you're not when I think about my whole life's journey and the sort of the culmination of this book coming out, you know, at 47 years old, it's like, wow, I've actually, I think I've lived all the different spaces of feeling into, is this authentic? Is this, is this who I am? Is this not who I am? And really coming into a journey of, of who I am and also more importantly, being okay with who I'm not. Mm. And so when you're okay with who you're not and you, re that's, that's just not me. It gives you some freedom to just be, 
<sighs> yeah. You know, earlier, it's so like, man, I feel that I'm, you know, let's, let's just say like, Hey, I'm, I'm a man. <laughs> like there's no, I don't, we don't, I don't question that. I don't question. I'm, I'm American born, half Filipino, half Guamanian. Like I don't question. That's just, that's just a part of who I am. But there's other layers that we identify. We were having a side conversation earlier about this, but there's other layers that we identify. You're like, is that who I am? Am I smart or am I successful or am I creative? Am I funny? Like all these adjectives. And it's like, when you just kind of know who you are, it just, you just be it. You know, in fact, there's a chapter in my book where I just talk about, you know, some of the best brands aren't actually trying to be brands. Mm. They just are. Yeah. They're so. just, they're, they're doing, they're doing something that feels right in a way, right? Like they're, and, and I think we all innately know what that feels right is. Right? Like it doesn't matter what background you come from, what ethnicity you are, what race you are. Like it doesn't matter. I think we all inherently come with that knowing inside of us. Like yeah. this is the right thing. This is me. This is that truth. I think, man, the pursuit of truth is a beautiful <laughs> life. Right? Yeah. Like when you really choose to pursue truth and you go down that journey, it brings out levels of feeling, levels of life that you just don't get to experience through inauthenticity. Mm. Right. Like it's just such a beautiful, like it, it's, it's a, it's freedom. Like, yeah. and I think I realized that in my own personal choices, like even when like I commit to something, it's like, I'm committed to being this person or I'm committed to this thing. All of a sudden it's like all the other things just fall by the wayside. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Thank God I committed. Like <laughs> there's so much ease and commitment, which is, and it's so easy. To, and when you commit to being yourself, that's when you let go of everything. everything. That's like the most freeing yeah. nature, right? It's true. And, and, and it's so funny because when you fill up your space with committing, making commitments to, to who you are, you kind of don't have that much space to entertain those other ways of being that don't serve you or that aren't truly who you are, you know? And so sometimes it's hard when you're in it today, but I, that's why I said like over the course of years and probably you had a very similar journey, but some we've, we all evolve as human beings. And so sometimes when in the moment you don't recognize yeah. that how much you've evolved until you go back to the five years ago, 10 years ago, or you find that Facebook memory that shows up and you're like, wow, you can sort of think, you can see how much you've evolved. And I would assert it's because over time, we've had these micro moments of committing to the next way of being, committing to the next thing in our life, making these micro commitments. And then suddenly this is just who you are. Does that make sense? It makes perfect yeah. sense. It's evolution to become who you are. Yeah. Or even evolution to remember who you've always been. Yeah. Well, in contrast, I do want to say this and I, you know, I wasn't thinking about it until you just brought it up, but uh, this quest, this joy of like in search for the truth not everyone is aware or not everyone is in pursuit of the truth knowingly or maybe consciously or subconsciously about it. And so sometimes I find, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but you see someone that you haven't seen in a while on Facebook or someone you went to high school with, uh, well, in my case, you know, <laughs> like 20, 27 years ago or whatever. And you can actually see a big distinction between someone who has been on that quest for the truth and someone who um, was sort of at the effect of life not a judgment. It's yeah. a distinction. No, it's a, an important one. And I've come to realize this. I think that, I mean, I, I think about my life. If I wouldn't have had wake up calls that forced me to look inside, 
wake up calls that pulled me out of the autopilot of life. Cause it's really easy to get into the autopilot of life, right? Like right. you're just constantly doing everything becomes routine. Everything becomes like, you're just constantly operating on some sort of subconscious, like operating system. And then 20, 30 years later, you're like, how the f- did I get here? Exactly. Right? Like, you, like that's what midlife crises are. Like you get to that point and you're like, how did I get how here? Did I get here? Yeah. How did my life just pass me by? And I think that that is, that's, I mean, that's life. And I think life will pull you into that. Right. Unless you're actively either looking yeah. for intentionality and yeah. looking for meaning and trying to create more of those experiences mm-hmm. and trying to pursue that, or unless life throws a curveball at you, right? Whether it's death or it's a loss of a job yeah. or it's something that just kind of pulls you to, to realizing. And there's no right or wrong way. I mean, like, I think the pursuit of truth is a, not an easy life. I think most people don't pursue truth because if they do, then that's inadvertently forcing them to take responsibility for everything they've experienced in their lives. Yeah. And I think that is a hard pill to swallow. So most people would rather be naive and just kind of lit ignorance is bliss and just keep going yeah. on instead of taking a hard look. Or they happening. might, or they might not be ready or that too, or yeah. they might not be ready. Very, very good so point. Yeah. Thanks so the that. way, not that there's only two ways to sort of come into this, but uh, either, you create the urgency for you to to create change or this next evolution of yourself, or it happens to you. You know, I actually wouldn't have started my own branding agency had I not had the universe not forced it upon me. Like I was in, I was working in, um, I left New York and I went to go work for this firm in Dubai. You know, I went through some life changing events. Actually, the the person that I was seeing at the time. Um, his dad was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. And so we had to send him back to the States and I'm in Dubai. We thought we were going to live out there for a few years. It just shook me to my core. Like it was one of those sort of breakups that just kind of shook me to my core. I didn't know what I was doing. And that was like the universe saying, all right, you weren't meant to be here. <laughs> you were meant to be in the middle East right thank now. Thank you universe. Yeah. Thank you. We'll slap you across the face. <laughs> slap me across. I mean, it, it totally kicked me, uh, threw me around the, the, <laughs> threw me everywhere. I was, I lit, I think I was sort of borderline depressed for a good <sighs> month or two. And, yeah. and I came back to the States and, and I went on a spiritual retreat and, and, and a journey. I went to Arizona and I, you know, I took time off. I did lots of reading and journaling. And, and actually, we were talking earlier about self-love, but I remember there's three books that sort of really impacted my life when I was in this phase of trying to heal this broken relationship. Uh, it was The Path to Love by Deepak Chopra, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama, and The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And all three of those books sort of just grounded me. How yeah. ironic of you know, staying grounded. Grounded me to first start with self-love. And that was what the universe needed to teach me at that time was it's not about for you to be loving someone else right now. It's about for you to get deeper into loving yourself. Mm. And from that journey, I was able to, all right, maybe I wasn't meant to pursue another job. Maybe I was meant to create my own company. And that's when I started branding for the people. I think the, (laughs) the not being ready thing, the universe will consistently give you little bites of courage. Yeah right? Microcosms of courage, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Like, right. Like it's cause if, like, it's just, it's, and I really appreciate that distinction. Cause I do think that, I do think that most people just aren't ready to consciously make a decision to leap. Like I wasn't like, I remember when I started my first company, I started it because the universe made me realize like that even working really hard in corporate America, I wasn't going to get 
the jobs, the positions, the promotions that I wanted because someone else was holding the cards. Mm. And so I was like, I hated that. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember starting it as a side hustle. And, but after I, after my company became successful, I was still working full time because I was so scared to take the leap. And it was every day of consistently inching and inching yeah. and inching and inching until I just felt enough courage courage yeah. to jump right and it's almost like authenticity and courage go hand in hand it's the courage to be yourself in the face of what anyone else says it's the courage to i believe that shine it's the courage to it's it's all courage it's courage expressed in some way mm. right yeah i think they they definitely go hand in hand and then i think uh one way to to sort of look at that is uh Again, sort of how I define the authenticity part is just like the gap between how you want to be perceived and how you perceive yourself is so minimal that you just are. Mm, I and love that. So, too. That's great. And so if you just are, you know, it's debatable. Like I think I think one expression that will show up is courage and bravery, but there's all I think a lot of other layers too. Excitement, peace, flow, joy. And so I think they go hand in hand in that it's sort of, if that empowers you and if that gives you courage to just be who you are, awesome. Um, but I think the foundation is just, what if you just are, you know, like you Hell just yeah. are. Dude, I love that. I love the, even that when I think about it now, you're right. I guess like courage is me creating a dragon to slay. Ooh, that's a good, right? that's a good like, way of putting like it. I'm yeah, creating yeah. a dragon that doesn't exist to slay in order yeah, for yeah. me to have the permission to be myself, to just be, to just be what I was, what I already am. Like, you know, and it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. That's right. It's okay. And I think the judgments around that, that's the dragon for me. Yeah. Right? yeah like yeah, it's yeah. the perceived judgments of what somebody's going to say if I stand for this, or I say this, or my company embodies this, or I, I speak this way to a customer, right? Like that perceived dragon that we have to slay. That's so good. Right? Yeah, it's, that's so good. Like, we don't need that. It doesn't even exist. Yeah, so authenticity, it's not a tool. Don't use authenticity as a tool. You know, have, have you ever seen on social where someone's like trying to be authentic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're trying to be authentic. You're trying to be vulnerable. You're trying to be liked. You're trying to be like, dude, just be. Just be. And so, <laughs> yeah, don't use authenticity as a tool. If anything, it... Yeah, I think that's just what I want to say. It's like, just don't, don't use it as a tool. We'll end it right there and stuck it. Period. Right? Uh, it's so beautiful, man. Like, it's, man, I just feel the last several years for me have been kind of finally coming to that point. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's the R. It's, 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 it's it all blends. Because I think for me, like, I used to have a really strong separation between work and, and then play and play and then relationships. And I, I used to put everything in a different bucket. And it wasn't until very recently and just the last year, really, that through my own spiritual personal work and really kind of coming to terms, it's I'm the common denominator in all those buckets. That's right. Right. So That's right. even the problems that I face in business are likely similar problems that I face in relationships. Yeah. And the way I show up that brings me joy in business are also probably similar things that bring me joy in relationships. Like, the positive qualities of myself, the negative qualities of myself, or even those perceived judgments of those qualities, right? They all bleed together. And whether you want to believe that or not, it's a fact because you are I the totally common denominator, it. I right? totally believe it. You know, 
at one, I think when I, when I used to work for the firms, I used to have like, here's my, here's the work reperez. <laughs> here's the, I think a lot of people, a lot of people listening probably resonate with like having yeah. to have a work personality yeah, and work like a personality, friend personality and then your family personality. And then your, and now don't get me wrong. I do believe that different people bring out different expressions and different layers of you. Good point. Yeah. So that's not what I'm saying here is that, but the common denominator, like you're saying, it's still you. And so if that can still be, if the core of who you are is, is the same, that just sort of different expressions come out, you know, different expressions that will come out in this interview than it would be if, um, you know, if we're at a loud party, right? It's just yeah. a different layer. But I think, uh, the part about, uh, when you just are authentically who you are. And I'm going to use me as like a, as a business owner and yeah. entrepreneur. I have friends that have become clients. I have clients that become some of my best friends. I have clients that have become partners. I, I have multi-layered relationships with a lot of people in my life. And it's not that I treat a client differently than I would a friend yeah. and vice versa. There's just different expressions that come out and different commitments inside of whatever contract of the relationship we're choosing to engage in. But it's the same person that yeah. that person's getting. And I think that's how it should be. There's no like divide or like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna interact with you in this way because you're not my friend or you're not a cook. That's ridiculous. So I think that's just where I arrived. And maybe, you know, if, it, if there, anyone can relate to that, it's like, that's just, when you arrive at that place, when you just are like, work doesn't feel like work play becomes even more fun because you're playing with people, you're having fun with people, but it's just your freaking life. I got a question for yeah. you because that spurred something for me. I think life is still hard, right? Like there's, there's still judgments, there's still things that come up and sometimes it's hard to remember who you are, especially when life throws you into a curveball, when fear picks you up and it doesn't matter if it's financially, spiritually, relationally, career-wise. How do you sort of keep a guiding compass through all of the different environments, all of the different people, all of the different sort of situations that arise in life. And this can be for business too. Like there's so many different kinds of customers you may reach. There's so many, right? Like, yeah, like I think I'm really coming down to values. How do you create kind of like that guiding North star? It's like when things get hard or when you are pulled and stretched to be somebody for someone or maybe an investor comes on and is like, Hey, we need this company to do this. Or yeah. how do you sort of keep that, that essence true, no matter what life throws at you? Yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting. Here's how I'm going to respond to your question because uh, I have a, lo a lot of different, I've done tons of personal development stuff. I've read lots of different things. I have a lot of different tools and distinctions, but I go back to a, a conversation I had when I was probably, I, I might've been in my teens and it was a distinction that I got from my mother. And uh, so my mother, I was around two or three years old. Um, my mom was diagnosed with a terminally ill disease. Mm. It was kind of like muscular dystrophy, where she kind of lost all her ability to be able to move. She lost a lot of her hair. Like, I literally was not going to have my mom. I was, yeah, one or two years old. This is my mom telling me the story as a young kid. Like, she fought every night. She would be in the hospital and she couldn't move. The nurse had to take her to the restroom. And one time the nurse forgot her in the bathroom. They shut off all the lights and she's screaming to 20 something years old. And so anyway, she fought every night. She prayed every night. She's like, I just want to live long enough to see my two boys grow up. And she did. She started getting better. The doctor started telling her, it's like, wow, this is a miracle. You're, you're getting better because we thought it was a terminal disease. 
as soon as she got out of the hospital, the, they told her that she was going to be on medication for the rest of her life. A month after, she stopped taking her medication. And my mom kept moving. She got a job, even wow. though my dad... She, my mom is still alive to this day. Um, Sounds like a badass, dude. <laughs> she's a badass. And I tell you that because I remember one time as a kid, she had asked me to throw out the trash. A very small, menial thing of like, throw out the trash. And I complained. You know, I was a kid. I was like, complain. I was like, oh, it's my brother's turn to throw out the trash. And she said, you should be grateful that you can throw out the trash. Wow. And, and shivers up my body. You know, just the fact that my mom was able to feel into what it's like not to be able to move, not be able to do things. And I think so my mom, my mom is like my, my, my guiding light, as you were saying, or like my beacon of light. It was like, wow, whenever things get tough, whenever there's uh, circumstances in life, it's, I get to do these things. I can do these things. These are problems that other people probably wish they had. <laughs> so I never, I never take anything for granted. Like you, the universe life is giving us all of these things and it's for us to be able to experience those as opportunities. Mm, and I know yeah. maybe, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of different uh, expressions of this in, in a lot of your other interviews as well, but it really goes back to that. It's like, we get to have the experiences that we have and we do this because we can and we're able to. And if you never lose sight of that, you never take for granted anything. And so my, that stuck with me from my mom. I don't know what it's like to not be able to move, for example, to not have my muscle. Like I'm so blessed just to be able to have this conversation with you, yeah. be able to talk, to be able to look at you and see you and bump fists and, and give you a hug. Like, whoa. Yeah. It's a deeper, it's a deeper level of gratitude of, um, of not, yeah, and not taking things for granted. I think gratitude is one of the most powerful grounding forces in it life. Is. And it's one of those things that keeps you rooted in who you are, right? It keeps you rooted in the things that have happened to you and the, and the experiences that have come in your life and, and the people and the love and the losses. And I think gratitude is a fabric, right? Like when you are grateful, when you become what you practice, right? So when yeah. you practice being grateful, you, your reticular activating system in your mind constantly starts looking for more things to be grateful with. And I think that's just such a great, reminder first of all i want like your mom is just a <laughs> freaking legend uh, let's just start there uh, big fan of mama perez um i love that i love that so much authenticity is i, I love this conversation so much because we're, we're hitting so many different angles of what it means to be authentic yeah and you just touched on one which was staying grounded mm. in truth in truth like we have like you can have all the problems in the world. You can be stretched in a million different ways. But the truth is, we still have two legs. Yeah. Some people don't. Yep. Right? Some people don't even have, don't we have arms. We still breathe. We can breathe. Like it's, yeah. Like we have water. Those truths almost make all of the, the bullshit from yeah, the future, from yeah. the past, go away. And in the present moment, all there is, is truth. All there is, is this grounding knowing that, no matter what I don't have right now, I have more than someone else today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what, what you're experiencing in life. Like somebody has more than you, someone has less than you. And that's truth. And I think that truth, you can't help but just be who you are. I think that really just points to the whole theme of your of your podcast of like, you know, staying grounded, right? Like when you have that truth, you know, I so I lived in New York for over 24 different years 
24 different years. 24 years. <laughs> 24, 24 different, different years. lifestyles. <laughs> I lived in New York for 24 years. And uh, it really took something to stay grounded in New York because there was a lot of excitement and energy and electricity and, and movement and so forth. And I uh, should I go here? Or should I go there? And th- that really took something to stay grounded, you know? And also I was in my 20s and 30s, right? Trying to figure out like, what is my truth? And then I went to San Diego. I lived in San Diego for a few years where I could just, it wasn't really trying to stay grounded. It was just, I could just be grounded. It was easier to flow and just be that. So now I, li- now I live in Austin. What's great about keeping me grounded here is community and people. Oh, yeah. And when you're surrounding yourself with people that hold you to your own truth as well, like there's one thing to like know your truth. And then there's one thing to be in an environment where people recognize and ex- acknowledge your truth and maybe even consciously or subconsciously overtly or inadvertently hold you to your own truth. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. That's a power. And I didn't even realize that for the longest until I moved to Austin, really. Right. Like, I mean, I've never lived in a city that has had community. Right. Same. I feel like when I came to Austin, it just became this giant bubble of like, like just love. <laughs> That's been amazing. And I'm so grateful that, you're here in that bubble. Likewise. We're in this bubble together. And like, I think that's something I've, I just actually posted on social about this a little while back. And it was around this idea that I used to think that I needed to be in rooms. I needed to be in communities with people that are smarter than me. Huh. Okay. And I think I've come to realize that it's more important for me and anyone else who wants to live a full and abundant life to be in rooms with people who don't let you bullshit yourself. Mm. Right. Like who don't let you, stray off values or who don't let you who almost like look at you and hold you to a standard that they see. Right. Yeah. Like it's one thing to see yourself. I think that's really, that comes back to the, the who you think you are and then the desired perception. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's so thin because you can feel who you are. And yeah. when I feel who I am, you can see who I am. Yeah. I'm shining. Yeah. And there are two expressions. Like you may describe the way I shine differently than the way I feel myself shine. Right. And in that intersection, right, is so much beauty. That's so good. It's so, there's so much, like, there's so much just expression in that. Because when other people can see and feel and describe your light the way that you can feel, see, and share your light, that becomes brand. Yeah. That becomes your brand. That is your brand. That is your brand. Right? That is like, your brand. You know, that's why I always say, it's like, listen, don't, don't try to create a brand. <laughs> just, <laughs> just be authentic. And your brand will become. Now, don't get me wrong. There's there's tools and tactics and 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 things to do to help amplify your brand and get your brand visible and seen and yeah. and recognized. That that's all important. But the at tactics. the core, found yeah, those are the tactics. But at the core foundation, and I think that's what's different. All the other branding books out there. I think you asked me the question like, why the book? There's a personal why, but I also wanted to set the record straight of like what really is branding because. There's there's many different purviews on branding. Some of it I find inaccurate. Some of it I find that it's like not rooted in sort of experience. And some of it I find from just a different perspective. You know, um, branding told from a marketing person is a very different philosophy than branding told from a designer, than branding told from a, a social media expert or branding told from a photographer or whatever the different aspect in the branding continuum. They're, they're, they're looking at it from their own lens. And so for me... I, I look at it like on the core, like on a soul level, then all these other things are different expressions of brand. So that's just my philosophy. What does looking at someone or something at a soul level mean? What does that mean to me? So I sort of look at 
I'm more of a feeler. Like I'm an energy person. Like I can really tap into like the energy and the feeling of things. So in as much as you think that I'm also a visual, so I can look at things and I can make things, I can see what is good design, bad design. But for me on a soul level is uh, looking at what's not being said, looking at what, even what is being said and what is the meaning and the energy behind that. And so when I kind of filter through and identify all those layers, it allows me to sort of just dive deep into that, that core being of who we are, not the ego, (laughs) Mm -hmm. not the ego self, like this higher order self expression of us. That's part of all of consciousness, but this, this on this deeper, that's what I mean by soul level. Can you give me an example? You know what it is? It's like, I think if I'll put, I'll try to put words to it. I've never been asked this question. I love this question. I've never been put words to it because for me, it's more about the soul of a company and it's a feeling and energy. And I just have to put words to it. A mutual friend of ours that we know has a business and, you know, at the core level, he helps people learn languages by mimicking, you know, other people, right? So he helps people learn languages. And so there's a lot of language learning programs out there that can Rosetta Stone, whatever, they can teach you how to learn a language. But it's sort of like the intellectual or even just mem- through memory of like, all right, take this class and you'll learn language. And so that's the reason why, and those are the tools. But when I really dug deep into um, uh, this client of mine, uh, the company's called The Mimic Method, on a soul level, who he is, is about pioneering human connections that would have never existed before. So it's not about me teaching you how to learn another language. It's about how can he create a connection between two human beings or more that would have never existed before because they had no vehicle to communicate. And not only communicate, like I understand what you're saying, but I connect with you. Yeah, it's <laughs> you don't need a language to connect. Right. Right. I mean, I've thought about this and I've talked about this actually. Like languages are dated. Yeah. Like somebody created languages, yeah. right? Like for, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, human beings have lived off of just an intuitive understanding, hmm. emotions, like body language. I mean, body I can language. look at you and just yep. see and feel your energy. Like you said, like we have these tools inside of us and it makes complete sense when you dive underneath the layer of whatever a mission statement is, a vision statement or anything, colors, colors, yeah. you get underneath it there's a feeling where there's a... That's exactly it. It's a feeling. It's an emotional connection. Yeah. Actually, I just realized it because the way you asked the question, I was like, oh, wow, that's exactly what I mean by that. Because branding for me, it's about trying to find that single emotion that connects you and me, that higher order emotion that separates my ego and your ego, and we could just connect Hell on yeah. a deep level. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let me just put this out there. I don't think ego is the enemy, right? I do not think that. I think there's a lot of great people that use their egos effectively to deliver a lot of impact. So I think yeah. when Ree's mentioning ego, he's not necessarily mentioning ego in general. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the fear behind the ego. That's right. Right? Like That's the, exactly it. Like the fear, the, like that, that self-inflated sort of like need to be or say something or look a certain way. But when you go beyond that to the other side, because the opposite of fear is love, when you're coming to that universal thread, which is love behind every positive emotion or feeling, 
a thing is a thread of love, right? So like when you think about joy, when you think about peace, when you think about any of those, like those are, it's love. And that fabric is what you tap into. It's, it's what, and whatever word, whatever statement, whatever. Like it comes into words, sometimes you know, two or three words, sometimes a concept, a statement. But that's why, that's why I hesitated at first when you asked the question, because sometimes when you put language to it, it, it helps and, and, and sometimes it can dilute, but I always aim for the ones where if I can at least put language to something that, that describes someone's soul or the soul of a business, and then you put language to that, when you, you could tell when you hit it on the nail when someone, they're moved by it. Mm. When you could, their whole physiology changes, their whole outlook on, on life changes, because now there's, there's an articulation of their soul in words that modern society can now identify with or relate with. So that's one piece of it. But the reason why, just to bridge this full circle around authenticity, is that just because you say it doesn't mean that that's enough. You actually have to be it. And, and that's really, for, for me, that's really the basis of the whole branding. It's not just saying things. It's about being all being your brand. Dude, so good, man. I, I, I'm personally really excited for the book because I feel like that's, that, that's so good. So can you talk to us about kind of like what the book is, is really sort of like, I know that like we talked a lot about the ethereal stuff and like the yeah, overall yeah, yeah. concepts of authenticity, but like even the tools, like the tools. Yeah. would love to just dive in. <clears throat> you know, so the subhead of uh, the subtitle of the book is the art and science of creating an authentic brand. And so to me, branding, it, it's an art and it's a science and it's a way of being, it's a philosophy, it's a mindset. And so there's a couple things that we co- uncover around sort of how to create an empowering mindset around branding, how to relate to branding, what branding is and what it's not. Also identifying we sort of identify some of the, t- I sort of identify some of the top ways that I have found working with hundreds of companies where there are moments of inauthenticities. And when you can create more authenticity in those areas, their business has progressed and, and um, soared. So for example, you know, if you're, if the, if the company name <laughs> is inauthentic, if it's not real, or if it's not uh, the right name for your business, that can impact your business growth, right? So there's some tactical things around inauthenticity. But then I also talk about the difference between when to use branding versus marketing and design. Yeah. And how do you incorporate, once you identify your authentic brand, how does that get expressed visually? How does that get expressed in, in your marketing and in your copy? So it goes all the way down and it lays out a whole sort of process, right? Like do this first, then do this and, and do that. So I think doing things in the right sequence is also an important part about branding. And, and this is important. So while the book sort of lays out a linear process to building a brand, in my mind, branding is nonlinear as well. Yeah. It's kind of like giving birth to a baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, sure, there's like a timeline progression of you're going to grow older as a, as a, as a human being. But there's all these sort of nonlinear parts of building a brand that, because your brand interacts in an environment that coexists with everything else. I just want to add to everybody listening you know, having a brand is not just important if you have a business. Right, like That's a good point. it's really, and and I, I just want to make that clear because, you know, your brand is is again perceived 
by others, right? So it could be your personal brand, your reputation, your, your, the way people feel about you at work, what you stand for. Um, it, it can, it'll help you find the right relationships, get rid of the wrong ones. I mean, like to, to me, the reason why I think the work you're doing Ree, is so important is because it extends to that human connection level. That's right. Right. Like, yes, it might be something that inspires people to change their brands, uh, their companies and really evolve them. But to me, it's about allowing themselves to shine through every interaction, whether it's work, whether it's relationships, whether it's your personal connection to spirituality yeah. and connection to self, because the tactics that go into creating a brand that changes the world are the same tactics that go into creating a life you love, right? It's about coming back to that truth of authenticity That's right. and that, and that truth behind um, everything we do, which is just living, loving and being our, our most brightest selves in every form, fashion, and word. And um, I just see that in you, man. Like, I love you. I'm so excited for the book. I'm excited for everybody listening to pick up a copy. I'm excited. I'm just excited. Guys, we will make all of the links available to Ree's book in the show notes, to Ree's contact information. If you listen to this and you loved it, please let him know. I have one last question for you, brother. Yeah. In the midst of everything you've been through, everything you're doing, and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Well, also I'll add to it. So I think the first part was certainly that reminder um, that my mom shared with me very much younger. is just knowing that the, I get to live this life. So there's like this mental reminder of like, I get to live this life. I get to live another day. On a tactical level, I stay grounded by, um, um, with this word that you said earlier, is gratitude. Mm. The moment I wake up, and I know this is a really common practice. And, and if you're listening to this and you don't practice, this is, this is definitely a great tool to do. Is just the moment you wake up, start with gratitude. And before going to bed, also, you know, end your day with gratitude. It's as simple as that. You know, I don't have uh, some sort of scientific, overly complicated thing. Because uh, it, it's just really, that's truth. You know, when something's the truth, that's just what it is. So gratitude takes Gratitude you. takes me, keeps me grounded. Uh, gratitude empowers me, propels me, it loves me, <laughs> it does all those things. So, and it keeps me grounded. Love it, man. I could go on and on with you. Uh, well, we have gone on and on <laughs> off air. So, I'm just grateful that we got a chance to finally get this recorded. I'm excited for you, excited <sighs> for the book. And, uh, brother, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your truth, your authenticity, and just your light with all of us. Uh, we are very grateful. Thanks, brother. Thank you for, for the work that you're doing in the world and sharing your message and, you know, uh, keep it up. I have mad love for you, bro. Cheers, brother. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Ree. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast 
Read in our thoughtful posts or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.